You're listening to Michelle Redfern and Mel Butcher on Lead to Soar, bringing you the best leadership advice and mentorship from around the world. Learn more at leadtosoar.com. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Lead to Soar. It's Michelle here with you again today, and today I'm flying solo. I recently published an article which has, well, frankly, it's had a really, really strong response. So I figured that it would be worthwhile revisiting that article here on the pod. And the article is Five Signs You're in a Toxic Workplace for Women. And for some of you, you may have jumped into this episode for the first time because you called in by the headline because you're going, hmm, is my workplace toxic or is it just me? Some of you will be regular listeners and think, okay, this will be interesting. And what's Michelle got to say about this? And for some of you, you are leaders thinking, I wonder if I might be leading a workplace that's toxic for women. So, How about we break it down and have a bit of a conversation about what constitutes a toxic workplace for women? Now, I'm giving you five signs. There are many more than five signs, of course, but these are the ones that I've had women talk to me about, whether it's one-on-one in the weekly coaching sessions that we have in the Lead to Soar Network, or of course, in my broader work where I run leadership programs for women. So I guess questions for you to consider at the start is how you're feeling about your workplace. If you're feeling a little bit underwhelmed or overwhelmed by your current workplace, if you think sometimes, I just don't think it's safe to speak up because I'm not sure how my colleagues are going to react to what it is that I have to say, is it a place where well, frankly, it's difficult for women to thrive, flourish and advance their careers. So they're just a couple of things to have a think about. And I guess the next thing to think about as well is how much work impacts our life. Now, listeners, you know, I do not subscribe to work-life balance. In fact, we've got an episode a little while back now in the catalogue called Why Work-Life Balance is Bullshit. So I encourage you to go back and have a listen to that if you want to hear my, uh, my thoughts about that. But our work for many of us consumes well, sometimes a third of our lives. And I've said, if you want to break down 24 hours, you can say roughly eight hours for work, eight hours for discretionary effort and eight hours for sleeping. Now, sometimes those blocks of eight are going to meld and merge and not quite be a a lovely neat 888. But the reality is that no matter how you look at it, if you are in the paid workforce, it's a big part of your life. And that is absolutely, as a big part of your life, going to influence the rest of your life. And it's, of course, going to influence your well-being and your mental health. And we really must not overlook that. So as individuals, let's take care of our well-being and, and mental health. And as leaders, let's make sure that we're creating workplaces that work for women so their well-being is, well, it's good uh, and that mental health is not negatively impacted. So what are the things that we can be on the lookout for? And the reason we want you or I want you to be on the lookout for is, well, it matters because sometimes we need to know what it is that we're dealing with so that we can, well, work out a strategy on how to deal with it. So the first thing I want you to be 
on the lookout for is something we call the double bind. Many of you will be familiar with the double bind and the double standards. Put simply, it's where women are held to a much higher standard than our male counterparts. And this manifests itself in the way that we are viewed around our performance and the expectations around our behaviour. Sadly, it still does exist in many workplaces. And an example of the double bind is where I might express my opinion or a woman expresses her opinion or takes a stance on a matter and is seen as being aggressive or overly emotional. In contrast, when her male colleague takes the same stance, he's seen as assertive and I guess a person who's looking out for the company. And things like you might have a new customer strategy being discussed in a meeting and a woman in the meeting doesn't agree with it. She's talked about why she doesn't agree. So she voices her disagreement, but is labelled as opinionated and aggressive. A few minutes later, a male employee speaks up about his disagreement with the strategy and he's seen as assertive and strategic. So be on the lookout for the double bind. These things can happen as a once-off or just a few times, or it can be part of the systemic way women are held to different standards. The second one to be on the lookout for is sexual harassment. A toxic workplace for women means that there is sexual harassment, and I'll define sexual harassment for you, an unwelcome sexual advance, an unwelcome request for sexual favours, or other unwelcome conduct of a sexual nature which makes a person feel offended, humiliated, or intimidated. And it's where a reasonable person would anticipate that reaction in the circumstances. Sexual harassment causes harm and doing nothing about it does harm as well. And there are several really negative impacts of sexual harassment. It can make us feel as women, because women are by and large constitute the majority of victims of sexual harassment in the workplace. If you're a woman of colour, if you're a First Nations, Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander woman, a disabled woman, or from other underrepresented communities, you are much more likely to experience this as well. So what does it cause? It makes us feel like we are isolated. Well, we can incur physical injuries as a result of an assault. It causes stress, depression, anxiety, and post-traumatic stress disorder. It can cause us to have a loss of confidence and to withdraw from social situations and, of course, participating more broadly in the workplace. It can have a negative impact on a person's job or career and illness can be caused as a result of the significant stress or the ongoing stress and sadly suicidal thoughts. So that's number two, sexual harassment. And again, what I want to call out here is where this is behaviours that are not dealt with. The third one is unmanaged gender dynamics. So gender dynamics occur when our mindsets which create biases, occur when, when they're unexamined. And our mindsets can be about the role of women in society and at work. And if we don't check our mindsets about a whole range of things, but in this case about women, this creates gender dynamics. And gender dynamics means that women are left out of important decisions, excluded from conversations that shape the company's strategy, culture, and the way we do things. And it means that women can be blocked from participating in skills development activity. Now, what happens when we are excluded, when women are excluded from all of those things, is 
well, frankly, it can decrease our confidence levels. Now, we're told a lot about how to be more confident as women, but the reality is confidence is a system issue, not a women's issue. So at a system level, people, women, are not being given the opportunity to develop and demonstrate their leadership skills through this experiential learning. And that happens as a direct result of unmanaged gender dynamics. So things like managers who haven't examined their mindsets are leaving women out. And it may be not malicious, but they're leaving women out because they don't believe women belong in some of those environments and forums where those decisions are being made. Number four, a lack of support. Now, I have sadly far too many conversations about women telling me their ideas aren't listened to, they feel dismissed or overlooked by management. And that lack of support directed towards whether it's an individual woman or a group of women creates an environment that stifles creativity and the development of women within the workplace. And of course, the knock-on effect to that is frankly, the progress of the business is also hampered. When women are blocked from voicing their ideas, they are essentially blocked from using their experience, their wisdom, their knowledge, and their creativity to contribute to the organisation's overall success. Just yesterday, I had a great conversation or was part of a great conversation in our weekly coaching call and lead to soar, where a woman was saying, You know, I don't know why I'm on this board. They've got me here, but they're not allowing me to share my wisdom and experience. And they're saying, but that's the way we've always done it around here. So the advice that our amazing members gave another one of their peers was, hey, let's talk about why aren't you tapping into my wisdom, experience, creativity and knowledge? So that lack of support means that many potential solutions for businesses go unheard. And it also means that women, again, lose an opportunity to demonstrate their skills and their potential to decision makers about their career. The fifth and final one for this podcast, and of course, as I said, dear listeners, this is not an exhaustive list. This is just kind of the top five that I I tend to talk about a lot with the members of Lead to Soar and the other women that I work with. Men behaving badly. So men behave badly towards women in workplaces in various ways. These include, I'm going to say it, mansplaining and man-interrupting. So Women experience men talking over them in meetings, ignoring their ideas and opinions, shutting down their ideas and opinions, belittling them or taking credit for the idea or for their work. And interestingly, mansplaining, which is now a word in dictionaries, you can look it up, mansplaining is a form of gender discrimination that disproportionately affects women. Again, I want to call out that if you're a woman of colour, a First Nations woman or women from other underrepresented groups, you are more likely to experience mansplaining. It's so frustrating and I can can almost feel the energy, listeners, coming through my headphones that it's when you are, as a woman, when a man explains something to you in an overly simplified or condescending manner with the assumption that you are not as knowledgeable on the subject as he is. 
even when the evidence is otherwise. My goodness, if you put in hashtag mansplaining on Twitter, you will see just literally thousands and thousands of examples. So frustrating. And the second one is manterrupting. And again, these new words that have come up in my lifetime, which explain stuff that makes your blood boil but manterrupting means men interrupt women they interrupt when a woman is speaking either to take control of the conversation or simply show off their own knowledge now a workplace is toxic when that happens again and it's left unchecked so to recap the five things before we get into a bit of solution mode number one the double bind number two sexual harassment Number three, unmanaged gender dynamics. Number four, a lack of support for women. And number five, men behaving badly. So a workplace is toxic when some or all of these behaviours continue unchecked and unmanaged. So now we know what it is. Oh, what do we do about it? Here's some things. First thing I want to tell you is you are not imagining this. This is not a, oh, I wonder if this is me. And you know what? We've also done a really great podcast, which again got a lot of feedback around gaslighting. What is gaslighting? So please have a listen to that. But gaslighting is when, frankly, something's going on and the perpetrators make you think it's all your fault or it's only in your mind. This is not in your mind. These things happen and we have the evidence. But what do you do about it? So number one, Educate yourself about your workplace rights. No matter what geography you're in, you will have industrial relations and policies and laws that are designed to protect you in your workplace. Please make yourself aware of those and know how you can be protected. Knowing your basic rights can help you respond confidently when you're faced with these bad behaviours in the workplace. Document any bad behaviour. I remember as a very, very young and junior manager having to go to court as part of an action that my company was defending. At the time, my employer was defending. It was for a dismissal. And frankly, I was a avid note taker and it was just as well because the magistrate at the time wanted to see notes and wanted to see evidence of when the behaviours had happened. So if you experience or observe sexist behaviour, gender discrimination or disrespectful behaviour, please document it accurately and thoroughly. That includes a date, specific details of what happened, the names of any witnesses and any other relevant information. Have those records in case you need to take further action or you decide to take further action. It's also a useful way to debrief and help, I guess, get it out of your mind and onto paper. Number three is join or form a support network. Your women's employee resource group or your women's affinity group, or if you have other parts of your identity that you want to hang around with people that you feel safe with, please have a think about those groups. They can be a really great source of support for you in the workplace. There may be one for your industry as well. Your women colleagues may have faced challenges like you are currently facing and saying it out loud can help validate it for you. And of course, it means women can support women. We can get around each other and you can feel supported by those other people. Those other people 
uh, maybe of different career stages and also may have access to information and tools, techniques and other support mechanisms that can help you stay informed and, of course, work out when it's appropriate to keep workplace leaders informed or report behaviours. Number four is a tricky one, and I, I'm going to share this and with a great deal of caution, dear listeners. If you feel safe, take a stand. And I really want to emphasise being safe. So if you're confronted with disrespectful behaviour or gender discrimination or sexism, or you see another woman being confronted by this, take a stand. Now, that doesn't mean invoking an argument with your colleague who's made the inappropriate comments, but find the techniques and practice on how to be a bystander or how to take action. There are simple things that we can do. If you don't think what's been said is okay, number one, remember that you must say something at some point because not saying anything causes harm. But things like rolling your eyes or not laughing along with a sexist joke can be a good start. The awkward silence and the things that we don't say can go a long way towards making disrespect less popular. If you want some really great resources, Our Watch, which is a terrific primary prevention against violence against women organisation here in Australia, please have a look at Our Watch. I'll put the links in the show notes. They've got some really helpful resources to help you have your voice heard and have bad behaviour called out. But again, I really want to emphasise be safe and the resources that I'll share with you will be able to help you do that. Finally, number five is take care of yourself. Feeling overwhelmed and sad and despondent in a toxic workplace is common. After all, toxic, you know, think about the word toxic. And again, we've got a fabulous informative other podcast episode uh, with Noah Rain, who's a workplace psychologist, around what is a toxic workplace. So have a listen to that as well. Basically, it's poisonous and we, we've got to stop poisoning ourselves. So taking time to take care of yourself and offset that toxicity is, is really, really important. Get enough rest. Make sure that you're nourishing yourself really well and engage in activities and with people that are going to help you with your mental health. So stay connected with the folks who are your people, the ones who lift you up and support you. So please do stay engaged with those folks outside of work who can provide you with that support and offset the toxicity of your workplace. And at the end of the day, folks, you know that you don't have to keep putting up with this. Now, again, a word of caution. No, actually, it's an acknowledgement from me. I know that not every woman can just say, okay, I resign and I walk away from my job. I know that that would be a ridiculous thing for me to expect. But I want you to think about if your workplace is toxic, it's not changing and you don't foresee that it will change, get out because no job is worth your health and well-being. Thanks for listening. I hope this has been useful. This is a really tricky subject. And just know here at the Lead to Soar Network, we support you. And if you want tools and strategies about how to deal with a toxic workplace or any other matter to do with your workplace, your career, leadership, and simply having a life that soars, check us out. Lead to Network. See you soon. Bye. 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of Lead to Soar. We sincerely appreciate your honest, positive reviews. You can leave questions at leadtosoar.com for Michelle and Mel to answer on future episodes. Until next time, we hope you'll use what you've learned here and lead to soar.